Good morning, and welcome to Inspirational Worship at Lover's Lane United Methodist Church, where our mission is loving all people into relationship with Jesus Christ. As always, we'd love to have you in worship with us at 8, 9, 10, or 11 a.m. at llumc.org. For now, let's enjoy this message together with Senior Pastor Dr. Stan Copeland. So Daniel, in this second chapter of the book of Daniel, uh, is a Hebrew teenager at the time. Uh, he is one who uh, finds himself in the midst of a very, a very troubling situation, um, at least troubling. And, and today we're going to talk in terms of, of Daniel's story, but we're going to be dealing with Daniel, the book, uh, throughout this sermon series that we are calling In the Midst, Discovery, Discover Joy uh, in the Midst of All Things. And we're so excited about it because this is our August Hallelujah's focus and, and, and we're going to be sharing from this great book in the Old Testament and we're also going to be talking about how in the midst of one thing God chooses for us to experience another. God wants us to experience another. And today we're going to be talking about clarity that God chooses for us in the midst of chaos. What do we know about chaos today? Is that not a relevant topic or what? And how do we find clarity in the midst of chaotic times? The story of Daniel is a classic story of gaining clarity in the midst of chaos. And let's be clear, Daniel and the wise men of Babylon that we'll be saying a little bit more about in just a minute, they were in the midst of chaos. You might say they were between a rock and a hard place. You've heard that expression, and perhaps you know what it's like to be there. I read a story that a retired preacher had told about, um, about a, a, a mom in his church. She had conveyed this story to him. She was apparently taking her little boy to see uh, his grandmother, and it was in a, an adjoining town, and so she was on the interstate, and she was going a little bit too fast. I think I can relate to that. And uh, all of a sudden, she topped the hill, and there was a highway patrolman. And she saw the lights come on, and so she pulled over, and, and there she was. She was thinking about what she was going to tell him. She had a, a pretty good explanation or shall we call it an excuse, when he came to the door. And so she just began to, uh, to share her uh, explanation of the reason that she was going a little too fast. And he wasn't too happy about the speed that she was, um, she was at when his radar clocked her. And, and, and she kept explaining, and he interrupted her, and he said, uh, uh, Thank you, ma'am, but I'm going to go back to my car, and I need to write you a ticket. Well, as soon as he stepped away, uh, she said... Uh, that turkey, he's an absolute turkey. And she forgot that her little four-year-old boy was sitting in the car seat in the back overhearing everything that she had said. And when the highway patrolman returned to the car with her ticket in hand, the little boy blurted out, Mom, he doesn't look like a turkey to me. Now that's a rock in a hard place, isn't it? And, and sometimes rocks and hard places uh, can simply lead to embarrassment, as was the case here. Or sometimes those rocks and hard places can put us right in the midst of life and death situations. 
And such was the case with Daniel, this teenager uh, who was in captivity and exile in Babylon. And he was there just right alongside the Chaldeans and all the others, the wise men of Babylon, so to speak. He and his friends had been taken into the court of King Nebuchadnezzar. And they intended to um, rid Daniel and his friends of all of their old godly ways, but Daniel said he would not defile his God. And at the beginning of chapter 2, King Nebuchadnezzar, he has a dream, and this dream is very upsetting and troubling to him, and he cannot go back to sleep. So let's look at the story. The king first came to reign in the, in the second year. He's in the second year of his reign. And, and he's full of anxiety and he finds himself dreaming as sometimes we do when we're in the midst of anxiety. And he's very troubled and he's very upset. And he thinks to himself, well, I'm the king. I can command that this dream be interpreted. And so he did. He summons his magicians and the enchanters and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans. And he summoned to tell him the king's dreams. And and when they came in and they stood before the king, he said to them, I have had such a dream that my spirit is troubled by my desire to understand it. I have to understand it. And this is the public decree, he said. If you do not tell me both the dream and the interpretation, you shall be torn limb from limb and your houses shall be laid to ruins. Now get this challenge. He's not only telling the magicians and the enchanters and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans that they need to interpret his dream. He's not even going to tell them his dream. He wants them to tell him his dream as well as interpreted. Whoa, what a task. The Chaldeans answered the king, there is no one on earth who can reveal what the king demands. In fact, no king, however great the king, however powerful, would ever ask such a thing of us. No one could reveal this to you, king. No one, no one. The king flew into a rage outraged at what he had heard from his wise men of Babylon. And, and so he, he summons the, um, the executioner and said that they must be executed. The executioner went to Daniel and his friends and he, he sent for them to execute uh, these men. And, and, and in the midst of this, Daniel, who would not defile his belief, his faith, he knew that this would be breaking one of the Ten Commandments uh, to execute these, um, these Babylonians. Uh, Thou shalt not kill, he had in his heart, and he wouldn't kill. So Daniel asked the king's chief executioner, Arioch, why is the king in such a hurry? Why is the king demanding this? Immediately. And, and he said to Arioch, give me time. And he went to his friends, Hanana, Mishael, and Ezra. We know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and that's the way that I remember them from my childhood and the stories that were told. And he told them the predicament, the rock and the hard place that he was in the midst of. 
And he summons them to pray with him that God would reveal not only the dream, but the interpretation of the dream. So Daniel prayed. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego prayed. And God revealed the dream and the interpretation of it. And Daniel said, praying to the Lord, Blessed be the name of the God from age to age, for wisdom and power are His. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and light dwells with Him. So Daniel went to Arioch. I will interpret the dream to the king, he said to him. And he did. And we read about him telling the king about the statue. That's what Kay was reading. And the interpretation of this dream concerning the statue. And the king said to Daniel, this is amazing. And Daniel said, it's not me, king. For the wise men of Babylon were exactly right. You see how Daniel has their backs? He said, no human could do what you asked them to do. Only God, the living God, can reveal this. And when the king heard this, he promoted Daniel. He gave him many gifts and made him the ruler over the whole province of Babylon. And over all of the wise men of Babylon, these men whom um, Daniel had in essence saved, now um, they owed their allegiance to him and they gave it to him gladly for what he had done for them. And Daniel made the request of the king that he also appoint Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. Talk about good news. Talk about joy in, in, in the midst of things. Here it was. The king was relieved of that which haunted him. The Chaldean wise men were spared and were not executed. Daniel's three friends were given power. And the king falls prostrate before Daniel and declares, listen to this, surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and the revealer of mysteries. King Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian king, comes to this realization that Daniel's God is the God of all mysteries. You know, there are three life lessons I'd like for us to talk about today from this this teaching, this wonderful story in Daniel, the second chapter, uh, this story about clarity in the midst of chaos. And, and the first lesson I want us to hear clearly is that we need to embrace the truth that life often demands more than we can supply. Do you believe it? Well, sometimes we act as if we don't. We act so independent. We act so strong. But, but oftentimes we are called to embrace the truth that life demands more than we can supply on our own. Some of you here today find yourself in the midst of that rock in a, a hard place. Or you find yourself in the midst of the, the chaos and, and wanting so desperately like the king Nebuchadnezzar 
to have clarity. Your crisis could be um, your marriage or a relationship. It could be finances or, or, or projections of hard times to come. Or it could be in regard to your health or the health of, 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 of a loved one. Or maybe in general, the, the health of a nation in a world related to this pandemic. It could be your own loneliness or anxiety or depression. It could be concerning your children. Uh, we find ourselves in, in the rock and the hard place position many times. We find ourselves in the midst of chaotic times in hopes of God giving us clarity. And, and some of you are like the people described in the psalm, the 107th psalm. They reeled and staggered like drunken men. They were at their wit's end. Have you ever been at your wit's end? Have you ever um, been at, at such a hard place that you just didn't know? how you could ever get out? Can you identify with, with St. Paul, uh, with his associates? He was caught in the midst of that terrible storm at sea and was shipwrecked. And, and yet, this is how Luke described it. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Of course, we know that they were saved, but, but we also know the truth of that scripture text that sometimes we're in the midst of circumstances when we give up all hope. We just don't know what the future will hold. And some of us have been in a kind of crisis where hope is hard to find, and, and I'm amazed sometimes by things that some folks think that the Bible says regarding um, our way to find that clarity, to find that hope. Someone will say, well, like the Bible says, God helps those who help themselves. The Bible doesn't say that. And that's not the good news. And here's another statement. Lots of folks will say about the Bible, God won't let more be put to you than you can bear. Folks, that's not in the Bible. It's not like God presents circumstances to us so that we can try to figure them out and handle them by our own strength, that God is kind of playing games with us. That's not in the Bible. And it's certainly not the way of God. God does not put life-sapping situations to us. Right there, between the rock and the hard place, we have to embrace the fact that sometimes life's demands are more than we on our own strength can supply. And we have to turn to God and God alone, just as Daniel did, and embrace that life sometimes puts demands on us that we simply cannot supply. And just as Daniel, when we embrace that truth, the second life lesson that brings clarity in the midst of chaos is that when we're in trouble, pray first. When we are in trouble, pray first. That's what Daniel did. And he not only prayed, but 
But he also got his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You pray with me. We'll, we'll all pray. We'll center our focus on God because we know this situation is, is demanding more than we can supply. So we have to pray to the God who we know can supply. That's what Daniel did when he was between that rock and that hard place. And, sh- and prayer should not be our last resort. It should be our first activity. It should be exactly where we go as soon as we recognize that we're over our heads and we cannot supply what the situation demands. In James, the first chapter, the fifth verse, we hear this promise. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. We go to God, James said. And notice that Daniel prayed specifically and persistently. Daniel didn't just pray for wisdom in general. He said, Lord, tell me the king's dream. And tell me its meaning. God wants to hear the desires of our hearts. God knows them already. But there's something about us stating those clearly that, that, that is meaningful to us and helps to center the power of prayer. Find out the specific needs of your friends and relatives and lift them up to God in prayer. Don't just pray generally. Pray specifically for those needs. Then we know for sure That when those answers come, we we know that it's in response to the specific prayers that we have prayed. You know, we have a a, a prayer meeting nearly every night at 9 o'clock on my Facebook page. We call it Vespers Prayer Friends. And all are invited. Just come on the Facebook page. And and we'll welcome you around 9 o'clock. And we pray every night and we have for five months. For specific issues. We pray for our our nation and our national leaders. We pray for our local leaders. We pray for specific issues. We pray for healing. We pray for, um, for, for those to accept circumstances that are very difficult to accept. We need to realize that when we come to God in prayer, we come to God with specific prayers. And many times those specific prayers are accompanied by a specific name. Now sometimes that's um, something that we, uh, we don't go there because of confidentiality. Uh, and we know that God knows their names. But, but when we pray and we can be as specific as naming another, that's that specificity. That I think is needed in prayer. Pray persistently is another lesson about prayer. Not because God is slow or hard of hearing. that God knows before we ever ask, right? But there's something about that persistence that allows us to get more focused, more honed in on the movement of God in our lives. Luke, in the 18th chapter, the first verse said, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. What a beautiful lesson. 
And, and the third lesson and final lesson I want to share today about this story is with God, all things are possible. We believe that. When we embrace that there are some demands beyond our supply, and when we turn to God, whom we know can supply, through prayer, then we need to embrace that truth that with God, all things are possible. And God delivers the best of things, even though sometimes we can't see that best in the midst of those answers. We can trust God, for God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. You know, almost any realist would have advised to Daniel, there is no way you can discern and interpret the king's dreams. Write your farewell letters and get your Babylonian uh, wise men to do the same because there's no way you're going to get out of this. You're a goner. But Daniel wouldn't go there. He went quickly to know that this is beyond me. And he went quickly to his friends uh, and, and, and said to them, we have to go to God with this. And they did and he did. And God supplied for nothing is impossible with God. You know, if someone says that there is no way, remind them what Jesus said. If they say there's no way, you remind them that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And again, he said, nothing will be impossible for you. St. Paul celebrated the power of God by declaring in Ephesians, the third chapter, the 20th verse, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. I love that. To him who can do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. That's the God who makes all things possible. Paul personalized that truth and he testified, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. I love Philippians, the fourth chapter, and that is such a key verse. I can do everything through God who gives me strength. In closing, I want to share with you one of the most poignant experiences I've ever been a part of that had a family in the midst of a rock and a hard place, in the midst of a chaotic experience in seeking clarity. I want to share with you about one of my young friends, Sam Rachel. I miss him ushering on Sunday morning, coming right down this aisle to receive the offering from our congregation. I miss him singing, which he does nearly every Sunday morning as he works the hall seeing his friends. I want to share about his early life experience and his parents, Denise and Tom Rachel's experience with him. Sam was born and he had such an acute life-threatening situation, multiple issues that we didn't expect Sam to live, even a day. Day two was a blessing. Day three was a near miracle. And where would we go from there? Now, let me be understood this morning. Clarity, when it is given, 
It, it involves life direction. But, but sometimes that life direction is sought over and over again, isn't it? Sometimes the direction we need is just the next day. How do I get to the next day? How do I get to this place and then this place and then this place? It's a constant dependence upon God for clarity. Now, more recognition and embrace of those difficult situations will be required. And, and prayer will also be required all along the way. I know that Denise and Tom are praying people and they're surrounded by praying friends. And Tom and Denise would be the first to say that about Sam's situation and his special needs, he continues to be a blessing to so many and there continues to be challenges that arise, but they know how to address them. Sam was baptized here. He was confirmed here. He's been a part of our children's ministry here. He's a part of our Austin's Army now. He was part of our youth ministry. And, of course, he's been a part of Rays of Light since his, his early, early childhood experience. Sam has been very involved here. And Sam is brave. And he's faced his challenges with courage and a ready smile. And usually always with a song. We had an associate pastor here years ago when Sam had experience about 19 years ago. There was Dr. Dudley Dancer who was the consummate pastor. He was there nearly every day that Sam was in the ICU situation. And since the day of his birth, we, and we nearly lost Sam, who had this mountain of complications, Dudley was there. He visited nearly every day. He was that constant presence, that reminder of God's presence and the peace that God wanted to bring to the family. I love what Tom and, and Denise, Rachel, wrote about Dudley ministering to them during this time of serious illness of their little son. They wrote, During Sam's long hospital stay, one thing that stands out was what he did when Sam was on ECMO for 13 of his 60 days at Children's Hospital. ECMO, which is a heart and lung machine, flowed the blood throughout Sam's body because his heart was too small to work on its own. For 13 afternoons at 4.30 p.m., they did a brain scan to check for bleeding in Sam's brain. We all knew what the consequences were if there was bleeding. The brain scan took about 45 minutes to complete, so for 13 days, Dudley seemed to always be there with us, or he would call about 5.15 to make sure everything was okay with Sam. And on the days when he was there, he would grab Sam's left foot, which was the only part of his little body that didn't have some sort of monitoring device. And he would pray one of those glorious prayers for his new little friend. Dudley's special prayers, his kind, warm, smiling eyes, his funny little sayings got all of us through those torturous 45 minutes each day. We often speak of angels looking down upon us from heaven. It was good to know that Sam had one and always will have a special angel looking over him for the rest of his life in Dudley.
that letter was submitted when Dudley lost his bout with with Parkinson's disease years ago. And we all remembered the care that this man gave. How quick he was to embrace situations that he knew the demands were beyond his supply. How quick he was to hit his knees in prayer or to grab a little left foot of a little sick boy. And how quick he was to know that with God all things are possible. I want you to see something because not too many days ago Sam Rachel graduated from high school and last Easter he shared this with us. Thank you so much for joining us in worship at Lover's Lane United Methodist Church. We invite you to tune in each week at 9.30 a.m. on this great station. Again, we're located at the corner of Northwest Highway at Inwood Road at 9200 Inwood Road, Dallas, Texas. Or you can call us at 214-691-4721. You can also find more information about worship, events, community, outreach, and all previous sermon video and audio, and much more at llumc.org. Again, that's llumc.org. We hope to see you here next week at Lover's Lane United Methodist Church, where our mission is loving all people into relationship with Jesus Christ.